Welcome to another episode of Live at the Family Barbecue, live from New York today. Yo, man, I got one of my brothers with me, man. We go way back, 2011-ish. Mm-hmm. My boy Jay Hall, man, Jonathan Hall. What's, what's good, dog? What's up, man? What's up with you, man? I'm in New York. I'm in your, your city, man. I feel the, you know, smog in the air, the humidity. You know what I'm saying? I seen a roach in the gym when I went in there. I was like, man, this is some New York shit, man. Welcome. I was like, it was a roach in the gym. Welcome, welcome. That's that's you know, that's New York, bro. I've only been here a year, so I'm that's still it? yeah, that's it. Damn, why well, I feel like you've been adjusted. here longer than that. Nah. That's right. Jay, yeah, Jonathan, yeah, he's still uh he fronting on us in, in Cali, man. That's where we I, I had expected him to pop up and then off a random phone call just checking on him. I figured I found out he canceled that plan and had already moved to New York on some we not really friends type shit. No, Otherwise, I would have told you. No, damn, Jay Hall. I'm just not ready for the West Coast yet, though. B. Like, I'm not ready for the West Coast, so I needed to make a, a pit stop first, maybe. A pit stop. I, I appreciate that, man. But anyway, you know, a little little backstory on him. We and me, we used to work at uh, what was it, Upward Bound? Yeah, yeah. We worked at Upward Bound with badass kids and. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Really badass kids. <laughs> really badass kids. Yeah. So <laughs> we won't get too far into that. Yeah. But anyway, man, we've been rocking ever since, man. So tell them, tell them a little bit about you, man, what you've been working on before we get into some of the topics of the week. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, my name is Jonathan. I am a producer here in New York. Um, I've worked on a couple TV shows and a couple of... Um, other projects, and I just recently uh, was one of the producers for a documentary that hit theaters. We had a premiere um, at Sundance called Who Streets, which was about the Ferguson uprising, and um, just kind of tells the story of the people who kind of experienced it and lived that uh, that whole time after Mike Brown's uh, shooting. Mm. Is it out yet, or when is it coming out? It's out, so we should still be circulating in some theaters. Um, we did do a nationwide release in major cities, uh, but we will be coming to Hulu in November. Oh, that's a bet. So yeah. then, I, Hulu, that's a streaming joint, dog. Yeah. About to say, you know, niggas need there. to have access. To- <laughs> Can I say nigga? On- what nigga? Oh, nigga, whole bitch, ah! all of that shit. <laughs> This is a yeah. This is the barbecue. We call it the barbecue because that's what we do. We talk. It's family conversation. It's there just, we go. That's okay. it. So you being in Ferguson, man, because you were out there for a little while, right? No, oh, you no, came no, no. after. I came in for the post production process, so not actually during the filming, but like after putting the film actually together, getting it sold, and all that stuff. But the writers, producers, directors, all of them was out there, kind of. Yeah, that. yeah. What was the? What did they say their experience was like dealing with all of that? Because you know it's coming out like this. Ferguson was what two, three years ago. Three years. Three years ago. Now. Um, but yeah, they were there and they were actually like out, active, act, being activists and also like organizing different actions around mm-hmm. uh, St. Louis. So um, you know it's interesting because like being on the outside of it, um, I was still teaching back then. So like I was just getting what I was seeing sort of on the news. And also knowing that that narrative wasn't really correct and that that was uh, pretty skewed as to what was going on on the ground. And I had some friends that were out in Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of have that that perspective of it. They, 
experienced it. They lived it. They were a part of it. So it's very interesting to kind of hear um, how or- how well organized and how the city really just came together during that time period. And then how uh, most of that was really kind of skewed and made sort of one-sided by the media that was um, reporting it, uh, which is actually what the documentary is about, mm. um, is about getting that narrative of the people that were actually there uh, and the people that actually experienced it and sort of giving them the mic to tell their own story. I'm super interested. Like, So like, I might ask you a few more questions. I know I just wanted you to talk about it a little bit, but like, it's like <laughs> I'm really interested. Because I ain't seen it yet, y'all. So when you say like, it's skewed in one direction, like, kind of talk about that, like what you meant. Like with the media. I mean, I think anytime there's uh, any sort of mass movement or mass sort of um, event, Mm -hmm. massive event that happens, um, the media is usually in place for us to sort of kind of get that experience on the ground. So the journalists that are there are reporting, talking about what they're seeing. But there is also some sort of control over that narrative Mm -hmm. um, because they're reporting it. Right. Um, So CNN is going to tell the story that CNN wants to tell. Fox Mm -hmm. is going to tell the story that Fox wants to tell because they have to cater to those audiences. Right. And I think that that's a lot of what we were getting when we were watching the news during Ferguson about like riots and these um, press conferences from the police department that are controlling the narrative. But nobody was really talking to the people about what was actually going on and why things were happening the way that they were uh, happening. Um, And I think that that's why it's so important to have documentaries like this, where the people who are actually living the experience are telling the experience because Mm. they're the most qualified to do so. Dope. Nah. So last one. But so why should people check this one out? You know, seeing as, you know, we dealt with Ferguson for a long time. This is coming out a few years after it. Why do you think it's important for people to check this documentary out? I mean, outside of it just being amazing and working with really talented directors, um, Damon Davis and Sabah Foleyong, who um, put this together at the helm. um, You know, when we finally finished it and started watching through the, the final cuts, like... I think the thing that we walked away from with it was wanting black people to see themselves on the screen and be proud mm-hmm. of what they what they had done. And that, you know, St. Louis has been back in the news lately um, with some other things that have been happening out there. Um, and there's still ongoing struggle. I mean, there's still ongoing struggle all over uh, the world um, for black and brown people. And I think that this documentary for the first time captures uh, the people and their strength and it's told with uh, a sort of dignity that I don't think that black people necessarily are afforded all the time um, when telling their own stories um, and I think that that's why black people should see it I think that everybody can relate um, and this I hate saying this but they're the the industry term is subjects but um, you know I call them just the people from the film you know the activists that are in the film are really uh, telling their story and they're not you know, superheroes. They're not people who have been activists their whole entire lives. These are like people like you and me who just kind of saw a need that was right in their community and decided to do something about it. Um, And just how that community came together um, and just how we were able to use technology to sort of unite people all all around the world and get them in this in this very um, this very moment of what was was happening there. So I think it, it speaks a lot to that connection between just black and brown people all over the world, allies, 
um, that were showing up and helping out too. And yeah, like black people can look at it and say, we did this, you know, we did this shit. So yeah. <laughs> That's dope as fuck, man. I'm proud of you, docs. Thank you. Thank That's you. dope. You know? So give us the name one more time and then when it'll be out on Hulu. Who Streets and it will be out on, on Hulu, streaming on Hulu in November. Okay, that's a bet. So we'll make sure we post all of that and get feedback and do a review and yeah. So seeing as you are around nothing but activists, yes. uh, you know, and you was going, yo, it was one at one point, man. I'm so proud of my boy Jay Hall, bro, because like at one point, at one point, I thought I was gonna have to kill him. Like you know I me, mean? like I'm you know I'm Malcolm X. <laughs> And, you know, something about this guy just said, like, I don't know, man, Charles Barkley to me or some shit. Like, it's it just because I'm light-skinned. <laughs> That's it. It's only because I'm light-skinned. <laughs> when I first met him, he wasn't all the way there. But it was just like, I didn't know if I could trust him. But he's come a long way, man, working on Ferguson documentaries. We talk about Malcolm X and oh shit together, God. man. Like, it's, it's yeah, he's came a long way, man. He stopped eating this- pork and shit. He don't celebrate Christmas no more. Oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Hey, no, no, no. But on some real shit. So I was with you on Monday. Mm-hmm. And over Sunday and Monday, we saw a lot of people uh, taking the knee that Colin Kaepernick had took for, you know, to raise awareness on police brutality. And now we've seen other groups... Uh, or other teams, other people, like really did it in the masses this week, talking about doing it as a sign of unity, and um, really talking about uh, a lot of the media still saying that they're protesting the anthem and not police brutality. What's your kind of take on all of this now? Like how the message was very specific because it's been 14 months now, basically, that it, since he first took it, yeah. and it was specifically, I'm taking the knee to raise awareness on police brutality and the plight of black people and how 14 months later it's kind of shifted to a need for unity and I don't know man uh, yeah, I just want to see kind of how you felt about it I've been watching it and it, it's very interesting how um, you know I just think that like we have a very short attention span just right. as a society right um with the phones and like Twitter and Snapchat and like Instagram, like everything is, it happens so quickly. Right. So, um, I definitely kind of understand how it's sort of evolved into something that it kind of didn't even start with. Like mm-hmm. this, this protest, which actually happened, I've been seeing people like think that it only started around like when Trump became president, but it actually has been going on since Obama was in office. Right. So like, um, yeah, I think it's sort of unfortunate because I think now the attention is is so focused on it being such a spectacle now, and mm-hmm. it's sort of lost. It's not lost its meaning. I'm 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 happy that the awareness is out there and that people are having this conversation. But um, yeah, I I just wish that it was still hyperly focused on on what's been happening. I mean, with the the presidency, like everything just seems like really really crazy, but we're not necessarily focusing on all of the same things that we were focusing on before because there are so many like distractions. There's just always something else that's happening. Right. Um, that sort of takes our attention away. But I mean, the conversation I think about racism, about, um, the NFL and, um, I think a lot more people are conscious 
uh, enough to just have a conversation about it, like to address it, people that never would have been involved. Right. Um, so I hope that like throughout all of this, the message kind of remains clear. Right. But um, yeah, I'm happy to see people talking about it. Right. But you know how, how things happen. Starts off, it's like playing telephone. By the time it's over, it's a whole different message. Right. But I, And I think the reason it's gotten like that too is because you have you've removed the original messenger basically it, yeah. from the equation you know what and I'm saying I was thinking that about that he's like not here anymore like he's just so I'm he like, kind of has no control over it <laughs> right like, you know what I'm saying so right. once you remove the head you know from that movement and you know you still got some it's like a few guys in there that was with him from the jump like mm-hmm. still doing it but he's kind of been deemed you know what I'm saying the leader of it yeah. you know what I'm saying so everything else kind of gets drowned out, even from the people that was working alongside with him that's still in the NFL. And I think that's kind of the crazy part about it, because I think it's twofold. Like you said, I think it's great that they are taking a stand for something, even though it came out because, you know, he called, what was it? Trump called them sons of bitches or something like that. Yeah. yeah. At the, he at called the them rally. that. So that was something they could all rally behind, but. But I need them to rally around getting this man a job. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm it's either like why, rally, like why is that the thing that got him to? So it's like on one hand, I'm happy they did it because it's like at least you got some heart enough to not let nobody call your parents a bitch. But on the other hand, it's like the guy who did and created the whole gesture that you're doing, it's, created the whole thing, yeah. isn't there. So if you could take a kneel and say that knee that you doing it because he said something about your parents, Trump said something about your parents. I don't see why you can't take that same energy and put it into one saying, uh, you know, he should have a job, Kaepernick. And before that, when he was in the league last year, why you couldn't take a knee or speak up and say something when he was talking yeah. about police brutality and everything else. So I think it's just an interesting position to be in. And I think it's like you said, they are kind of turning it into a spectacle and um, using it. Been, They're using it. The knee has been gentrified, for sure. Completely gentrified. The knee has been gentrified. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you still got a couple real niggas, like, you know, still in those neighborhoods. Listen, I live in Brooklyn. <laughs> I live in Brooklyn, so I know. That's what I'm saying. You know. It starts being gentrified, and the knee has... The knee definitely has been gentrified. Yeah, it's like you see it everywhere, whether it's like Inglewood or Oakland yeah. or Brooklyn. It's like those same neighborhoods that was just us. Like it just starts getting lactified. But the knee you is still free. gonna have a few real niggas around it. Yeah, but it's just not the same environment. It's a gluten free. <laughs> it's the Whole Foods. It's it's the whole foods. Like, this is the Whole Foods need. <laughs> the Whole Foods of needs, man. Yeah. So that has that has definitely happened. Yeah, man. So I don't know. And then I, my last last thing I was gonna ask you because that's just the need. But has woke become commercialized and gentrified? Because one of the things I was looking at, I know me and you do a lot of research, and. Good buddy of mine, uh, Carmen Perez, she helped put the uh, Women's March on. She made the list of, like, Times 100. Or not Times, yeah, Times 100. And then Times that did another, like, Woke 100 or something like that. So she made both of those lists. Okay. And I was looking at the Woke 100, and I was like, this shit looks like a popularity contest. I don't know I if you looked so. at it. It came I out, like, in January or February. I haven't seen the list. But it's just, like, it's in, I'll send it to you. But it's, like, more and more, I'm just like, so you don't got people, like, I don't know, even people like you doing your documentary or the people, you know, doing, telling those real stories, like, I still think it's 
they use a woke to a certain extent. Like, you can still only be but so black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Within that woke at this point. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Like, um, I'm sort of happy that the term is, like, caught on. I, I hope that woke is not gentrified. <laughs> um, but I think that, I mean, if you're going to do a woke 100 list, you're automatically going to cut somebody out. Like, because there's yeah. just not 100 people... Only a hundred people doing this sort of work, right? Um, in different communities, and I think that's with any any list. Like you just kind of take that with a grain of salt. That yeah, like these are the people that are represented, but there's so many other people who will never end up on no a type list of like list. that. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And it, and it's and it's good to acknowledge those people and kind of talk about their work too. But I mean, that's why you you make docs and you go out there and you tell those stories. But uh, yeah, like. I think any black people are the heart and the center of everything. So like anything we say, it's just automatically just gonna gonna take off. So like that term woke. I, I mean, we still got it. It still belongs to us. It's just you know, it's out. Here. <laughs> it's a little they watered know. down. It's a, the Kool Aid ain't or the Kool Aid ain't got enough sugar it's in it. Light bro. sugar, like, <laughs> but you have low fat. That's the low fat Kool Aid. But you have to sugar. be able to identify that for yourself and just be like, all right, I see what this right, is. right, right. And right. you know, it's it, it doesn't mean that they're any less. Uh, committed to doing whatever, but you know everybody works looks looks a little bit different. <laughs> so. This shit crazy, Jonathan. <laughs> this shit really crazy, Red. But like, you know, I agree with you though. I agree with you though. It ain't that hasn't been all the way took it. So we'll see what's up, man. Uh, on that note, make sure you go to uh, Get Far Magazine when you get the chance on all social media outlets and check it out online. G E T F A R magazine shout out to imani she's not in new york but uh she's tuned in somewhere check her out on youtube imani shani and uh i am in new york for the black college expo too so when this comes out if you know anybody in new york that needs to get into college tell them to come out mega evers uh college on saturday from 9 to 5 p.m so check us out so hey are you a cardi b fan man i'm trying i'm curious we're gonna get into some rapper talk I am a Cardi B fan. Why? I mean, I My don't know. My sister gave Car- a long synopsis <laughs> on this like a few weeks ago I, about why Cardi B is like I think truth. her story is like really interesting and compelling, you know? Like she reminds me of girls that I knew in high school that if they had a shot, it would be like this. But even, even still with that, like even with her not having the shot or even wherever she's been, she's always been... 100% authentically herself. That's true. Even now. And even when people try to put her on these pedestals and say, like, Cardi B is this, Cardi B is that. Um, and even for the positive stuff, she's still, like, I'm still 100% like who I am. Right. You know, and she's been doing that for a long time. She bought uh, what, I, what I find to be, like, one of the first sort of strands of morality to love in hip-hop, which... <laughs> Which Wait I don't a minute. know if that could explain been, that. that was possible to be done. You know, like <laughs> Cardi B has always just sort of had these nuggets that she's just been dropping, and so I I've think heard. she's she's been rewarded for that. Um, and I remember her being on uh, Love and Hip Hop, and I can't even remember. It might have been I I haven't seen the show in a long time, but like she was just going off, like you know, like why are y'all doing this? Like, why are you in this position? I think she was talking to a, a, a nigga that like had two baby mamas like fighting. And she was just like, why y'all letting him play you like this? Like, don't let him do this. You know what I mean? Like, 
she kind of spoke to that and she was the first person I was like okay alright she got some sense you know what I mean it right. looks different right everywhere it didn't seem like you it was just I mean? a show type it shit. wasn't it was oh. like it was real it was like really really real and, she, and she's hustled too right she's hustled <clears throat> and she's worked really really hard so you know congratulations Cardi B like, yeah, I mean and that hustle has got her the number one record in the country in the country first female rapper with no features no features since Warren Hill that's big that's amazing. Like that. that that's li- really I was thinking about all the women like that's done dope shit since then. That's pretty. Not to amazing. mention that we sent Cardi B to take Taylor Swift out. Oh, that's major. That bitch. Just. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just hey yo, I saw that fucking video she did. She was dissing somebody, bro. But it was like in Beyonce form. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I mean, see. I heard so that shit. Listen, she not Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is is whiteness just personified. Like she is the white idea. When I think of white woman in America, I think Taylor Swift. And <laughs> you know, for her to for Cardi B to come take that spot, it meant so much from the Bronx, the hood. Oh my god, the strip club. Yeah, like so. Every time Bodak Yellow plays, yes, I'm I'm, I'm here for in that moment. I do, like, bro, and I like I like the song. I don't love it, but I just respect it. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, just I, a healthy respect. It's a healthy. Respect. It's a healthy respect, man. So I'm, I'm definitely happy for her and her man Offset. Right. Shout yes. out to Atlanta. Shout out to, shout out to Black Love. Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm with it. I'm with hey, you. man, that's my favorite hood couple right now, man. I love them, man. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I do, man. You know, it's like I I enjoy watching people or watching black people in particular just like be fly and just be out here just making moves. Sure. And Cardi B and, and um, Offset, that's what they look they like. They compliment each other. For because sure. Because she's way more ratchet than him. That's that's possible. <laughs> I don't know and it, because he's calmed down now. I'm not talking about yeah down. offset in original form. Nah, he got it. Okay. I mean, you know, he's he's been locked I'm up like, plenty uh, of times for sure. But now he can't. You know, once you got felonies, it's like he don't have no choice but to calm down. You're right. So you know, <laughs> you know, like you know, he he scaled back even with Joe Budden, which we'll get in on a little bit later when they had their thing at the uh, what was it the BT Awards. Oh yeah. yeah, he was the, like, you know, he got up. Oh yeah, when the Migos had or Offset would have just got up and yeah. just went in, but it would have been know, over. It would have been over. So, uh, speaking of rappers, shout out to uh, Young Dolph, man. Hoping he pulls through. I heard he got shot in Hollywood yesterday. Oh, you listen to Dolph? Yeah, yeah. Dolph I mean, got, not listen, but yeah, but you I know, know yeah, you know, yeah, oh, me too. Yeah, Dolph. I got folks in Memphis too. They they fuck with Dolph heavy. They said, you know. He's like one of their princes, like they champions out there. So. Oh yeah, you know how that. He got shot in broad daylight in Hollywood. That's crazy. So someone wanted him, but and hopefully you know, he pulls through, man. This is my hesitation about moving to LA, man. It's too violent. But you're not a rapper though, so you'd be good. Bro, I don't know though. <laughs> you, you're extra I'm good. Sure. I'm good. Yeah, you're extra good. <laughs> Those are the only niggas that got to worry about shit really in life <laughs> are the rappers. Yeah, it's a dangerous life. Yeah, man, it's dangerous. How about uh, you know? I don't pay attention to them at all. The Kardashians, man. But I thought this was interesting because I, I think they're all taken. Are they all taken up now, man? Uh, I'm not. Do sure. they all have black babies? Because I think uh, Chloe just got pregnant by what's his name that plays for the Cavs. I'm not sure. I'm. Uh, this is what I'm gonna say about the Travis and Kylie. Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, not even oh. the the thing about the Kardashians is. They have been able to do something that I don't know if anybody has been 
able to do in the history of all mankind. And that is honestly to become famous and rake in like millions of dollars doing nothing, like doing absolutely nothing. And, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering like how long they will stay on top like this. It's like every time the news is on, there's a new Kardashian moment. And you know, it's I mean, crazy. As long as they keep fucking a new rapper, they will. Oh. They will be, they'll be, bro, they're gonna, they'll be there for a while. That's why I asked how many of them is left. Like, I, you know, Kim is locked down. I don't they know like, if Chloe is locked down yet. They like what they like. I'm not mad at it. I'm just saying, I'm answering your question, bro. You said, <laughs> you said how long they're gonna be able to remain relevant. And I'm like, yo. It probably will be a while. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, we still don't know if Kylie got to stay with Travis. She's just having his baby. Like, I mean, that Poom Poom is young. Like, she could pop out. She could pop out a lot more if she's pregnant. If she's pregnant, That's know. a lot of rapper niggas to go. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Kanye said, I'm just saying, Kanye said Kim shit just got worn out because they did the surrogate for this last one. They did. But they said, you know. You know, most of the, most of the most of that pussy is fresh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching. I'm not touching it. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. They're gonna be around for a while, man. Hey, man. Well, shout out. Hey, man. Shout out to life. You know what I'm saying? Life, precious life. In general, a black, dark, braid having baby with. It's more black. Kim K features is coming in you know? to the world, man. Shout out to him. Chance. Backstory right quick. This the, I this wasn't even gonna touch this subject. Not, not for real. This real is shit. not a backstory. No, this is this is a backstory. So I wasn't gonna touch this subject. We about to bring up Chance. But my homeboy right across from me, Jay Hall, told me he was going to the Chance concert tonight. In a couple of hours. No, wait a minute. To be, yeah. to be specific. Yeah, where is it? It's in Queens? Or? It's in Queens. It's at Forest Hills. Why Stadium. the fuck are they doing it out there? All right. I've never been to this venue before, so I'm, I'm curious to see. It must be nice if they're doing that shit in Queens, because I don't know why niggas would go to Queens. No it's not that reason. far, though. It's not even that as far. It's just that niggas there don't really are limited go venues, though, in, Queens, in like, New York like that. So, But anyway, uh, I wasn't invited. Uh, oh. <laughs> you want to take a moment? I did not know. Yo. This is why niggas need to... Send their itinerary. Let people know in advance. Niggas just really like to just roll up in town, and that's it. You gotta let that is. That's what that's call. that's part of being at the barbecue, man. You know, half of the niggas ain't invited. Like you know what I'm saying? They just roll. <laughs> they up. just roll just up. Like, half right. of them you're not even related to. You just fucking. That's first. But we all cousins, though. I, all I cousins. sincerely believe that all black people are related. I believe that too, in some form or fashion. I definitely believe that shit too. We can trace it. So. It just so happened that he told me he was going to the concert. My homegirl Desiree sends me this clip of <laughs> Joe Budden going the fuck off, like right after he tells me. So basically, Chance, you know, he did some acoustic, poetic, in Chance fashion. I don't think this is anything different than D'Angelo type shit. Had. Okay, we can call it that. You know what I'm saying? On what was it, Colbert? On Colbert. Yeah, yeah. Colbert. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he did it with Daniel Caesar, and it was very, you know, very mellow-toned, and, you know, and Joe Budden proceeded to go the fuck off and say that. In true Joe Budden fashion. True Joe Budden fashion. I will say that. But he said he didn't know what the fuck Chance was doing. 
Uh, and specifically to this particular collabo. To this, all right, specific collabo, right? Although he did take some shots at him overall, but <laughs> he was in particular talking about this collabo. So, is some of the shit just a little bit too mellow tone? Like, or is it like, I mean, Chan, I'm just asking. I'm just asking, speaking to his point. Joe Budden said he need to cut that shit out, do some rapping shit. Like, I mean, is it? I mean, is it? I, mean, I don't I'm think just so. I think that, I think he's so talented that there's just a spectrum of what he can do. Right. And we're only just meeting him. Like, we only have, what, two albums and a mixtape? No, two mixtapes and an album. Two mixtapes. No, actually, like, three mixtapes. Like, none three of Three mixtapes and an album. Nah, yeah. the last one was an album. No, that's a mixtape. Come on, the shit with uh, it's a mixtape, bro. You can call the shit a mixtape. Look, this is my thing with hip. This is my thing with hip hop niggas, man. No, this is my thing. If you got all original beats, like big features and all that shit, that's like, come on, nigga, it's an album. Like it's an album. Come on, three projects. We got three projects, projects. and um, you know, I think like it encompasses a, a lot, and I think that it's cool that we can do that now. Like all rap should not have to sound the same. Now, as far as this song, um, I like it. And I'm a fan of Daniel Caesar. But, like, I'm taking it for what I like from Chance. Like, Honestly, I looked in your eyes and I saw some bullshit. I'm not going to lie. No, you, you did not. <laughs> you hesitated. I like the you song. You hesitated a little bit when you just said that. I said I like the song. I do like the song. Okay. All right. You like the song. All I right, like the ahead, song. Go ahead. Continue. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, he's not. I would feel... If Chance was like spitting like and it was like crazy and he was on some like other shit, I don't know if I would want to hear that. Like, cause then it would not feel authentic. It wouldn't feel like him. Yeah, it wouldn't feel like him. Like I listened to him and he's an incredible like lyricist, all that stuff. But I mean, he can only talk about what he talks about, like from his experience, and I appreciate him. For talking about his experience and not trying to like be something that he's not. I appreciate the brother being authentic, man. Uh, I, I definitely do. Um, I honestly did not like the song. You that did I like heard. The song. Do you like Daniel Caesar though? I do like that. I like Daniel Caesar. I like Chance. I just like that shit. When I heard it, I was like, I never felt like, oh man, I gotta run that shit back. Like, but you know, it's 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 different. Like he was talking about his daughter. Niggas change with kids, <laughs> bro. Like, Bro, you just gotta, you, cut, you listen to you you talking about a nigga that loves Kanye like you know what I'm saying I love soft niggas like in music like right. Drake like you know what I'm saying like I'm a bashed Drake fan yeah right like so, me too that's my guy if we not gonna handle Drake like that we can't handle Chance like that oh bro it was a little bit of a different feeling though man Drake, Drake has plenty of mellow ass like he does I'm man I'm just sitting here crooning and just like letting my heart bleed on the paper like yeah. that's that's I, Drake I, that's Take care. That's like the whole album. I feel that. I definitely feel that. And there's some songs I don't like from Drake too. So I'm not saying I don't fuck with him as a you whole. You don't like this song. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. But like he, even Joe Budden said, I got to hear the original joint. Like, you know, it might sound a little bit different. And I also might be wrapped up in the performance. I thought the, the optics of the performance were pretty cool. All right. This is a real movie type nigga that I'm sitting across from. <laughs> right. Even with yo, everything you described, bro. Like, look, man, we're not going into all of that. It's just the music, bro. That's all just we fucking talking about. All right. Okay. It was just cool. But one thing I thought that was interesting that Joe said, and that we could, you know, wrap up and shit, but he said he feels like, you know, like rap needs to have subgenres. I feel the same way. I think they already do have subgenres. But they're not defined, though. 
Until we just give them names. Like, we already do But people have been trying to give them names. I don't know if there is, like... I think that there's shit like electro rap, like, now. Where Ooh, these what's just that? Like, rapping over, like, electro beats. I think that's a little... No, not Sanfa. But, like, people in that lane. I'm trying to think of somebody that would think, like, electro type shit. Like, almost. And then you got rappers, like, all over EDM music now. I mean... There are tons of Kanye songs. is like I mean and I think Kanye, and I think Kanye, Kanye like kicked that door open for niggas to just come in he and be weird is. and be like I'm just gonna I'm gonna sing and I'm gonna rap but no I feel the nigga though cause I feel like even the the nigga like black or you know the nigga from Atlanta like yeah. the six black like to me like he's not a singer nigga like he's a melodic like rap Rapper. type nigga yeah. you know what I'm saying but he does like a little bit of singing within his shit right like I feel like that Bryson Tiller like you know what I'm saying some of those niggas kind of fall into whatever it is we gonna call them but I think what it would do if we gave subgenres, like I think it would help like cause I feel like radio is dead because everything is kind of just jammed into one thing like I've been in New York bro and it feel like I just listen to the radio out here I feel like they play like the same 10 songs I think that's everywhere. In you New not, York, you I get the believe same you. Ten songs, and you get like ten reggae songs to like right. blend in there. And I believe you with that shit because I don't listen to radio when I be back home, so that's one of the reasons why. But I think like if you don't like you putting people like, and I don't think it's. I think before we used to just call it bad hip hop. Like we called niggas like Soldier Boy whack and you know shit like that. But you can't call people like I mean. Yachty and Uzi like necessarily whack it's just a different type it's a you different know what I'm saying type of different type yeah. of music but I think when you put them in the same classes like J. Cole Kendrick like Joey Badass and niggas like that like you start not playing the Joey Badasses and like the J. Coles and those guys on the radio because you holding it to a standard of like commercialized rap like you know what I'm saying and it has to reach charts to like be validated type but that's, shit. But that's radio though. Like that's how radio works. Like they're going to play what's on the charts. Right. But I'm saying part of the reason they play shit that's out there like is because the radio stations make it popular. Like you know what I'm saying? We used to go to the radio like to hear shit. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. Like that they just thought was dope and then the people decide. Now it kind of feels like these are the artists. It has to sound like this. And then you kind of put it out there. Yeah. And then, you know, some stuff sneaks through the cracks. Like, you know, we had we was talking about Chance, like shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But even some of that, like uh, the big song off the last joint with him and 2 Chains and Lil Wayne. Uh, no problems. No problems. Like, it had them two on it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like he had even better songs than that. But that's the type of song he got to do to, you know, so that's all I'm saying. I think I think subgenres is, is something that should happen. I don't know when it's gonna happen. Okay, you think like we need subgenre, but what will we use these subgenres for? Like just to talk about them, like use them in communication. I think it could be in communication, but I think it'll even help with shit like radio and shit like that too, as well. You might have. I don't know. I feel like that might just overcomplicate because I don't ever know. Like people are never in that one style for that long. You know what I mean? Like. They'll produce one album that sounds one way, and then they'll have something else that'll sound completely different. I think some shit is here to stay, though. Like, some of this shit here to stay. Like, this shit ain't going over. Some of it. Yeah, for sure. Some of this shit is here to stay. Not all of it, like you said, right? But it's like, even when you log on the radio, even if you don't listen to everything, like, you're going to have... 
I could go to a jazz station. I could go to smooth jazz. You know, I could go to R and B. I could go to some quiet. We don't need like, like quiet storm raps. No, nah, not like that. But I'm just saying, like uh, it could be variations of shit. So I don't know, man. All right, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But anyway, man, y'all tell us what you think, man. Hit me with the ad button. Let me know. And uh, you know, should it be sub genres and hop, uh, hip hop? But Jay Hall, man, thanks for stopping by and letting me stop by your crib. All right, I appreciate it, man. This was fun. Hey, man, we got to do it again, man. We're gonna have the cameras rolling next time so you can see these <laughs> dumbass faces you be making. <laughs> All right. But anyway, logging out. Thanks for stopping by the family barbecue, and we'll see y'all next week. Akuna Matata, niggas.